This is episode 41 with Paul Tape. Welcome to The Athletic Mindset. I'm your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer turned personal trainer and coach. Each week, it is my goal to bring you a unique story of an elite athlete's mindset to help you unlock and discover your life's potential. Today, I had the chance to sit down with Paul Tabe, current professional soccer player for Sure Sports FC. Paul and I went to high school together, and I've had the opportunity to watch his work ethic turn him into the player and person he is today. His road to where he is now hasn't been easy. We talk about the challenges he has faced, especially those of being a black soccer player and what that means in today's society. So please welcome on Paul. The first question I got for you, how'd you get first started in soccer? Uh, well, I was originally born in Cameroon. Um, so I've been playing soccer since I was like probably three or four years old. But um, when I came to the States, um, soccer really wasn't as big in the States as it was back home. So I kind of drifted away from soccer for a while. I went into basketball and I became pretty good at it. Um, and I started playing in high school. And But during high school is when, like, um, I kind of fell in love with soccer again. Cause, um, so my mom has this one rule where every time I go to, like, a new school or something, for the very first year, I don't get to play any sports just so I can get acquainted with the school and just get used to it. So my sophomore year uh, at Blake is when I actually started um, taking it very seriously because in middle school, um, I was getting scouted. Me and a few other guys on the team were getting scouted by uh, by DC United, the academy team. Mm-hmm. So like uh, we got scouted to come join the, I think it was the U16 back then. And then we all just went, and some of us made. I think it was two of us that made it. Me and um, this one dude, um, his name is Michael Seaton, and me and him basically just made it, and soccer has been going on from there. Nice man, I like yeah. that. That's a good rule. It kind of stinks that you can't play freshman year. Stunk, <laughs> stunk, bro. Stunk, trust me. I feel like for me personally, like that was a, a great way to acclimate into a new environment, into a new school. Like whether it was yeah, like, I mean. Or, it, yeah, it helped. It helped a lot. I'm not going to lie because usually when you just go into school, you want to get into playing and you want to get your name out there. And the fastest way to get your name out there is playing sports. But yeah. I really couldn't. So nobody really knew me. But then when I finally showed up on the scene, it was just like, who is this kid type thing? You know? but it's a good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was the defining moment kind of in your career that kind of maybe opened up your eyes to like, uh, I can play at that level. I can play at this like elite level that not too many people can say that they can compete yeah. uh i don't know to be honest like i know like every athlete usually has that one story where they were like oh they went to play pick up or something and it was mm-hmm. killing but for me it was just like i just love to play and like even if i wasn't good enough i probably thought i was just that's just how i am like, even if I'm playing with people who are, like, their skill level is way better than mine. To me, I don't look at it that way. I just look at it like I can play. I love to play. And that's always going to take me places just because I love to play. And if you love to play, then you're automatically going to always get better at it because you're always, you're always doing it. You're always playing. You're always. But for the most part, it's like my older, my older sibling, or my older brother, he, like, he, like, played. He plays still. But he played at, like, that elite level where you can consider yourself, like, an elite player. Mm-hmm. So whenever he would like go play pickup with like some of the older guys, I was like probably still hella young, and I would always just go with him and like play with playing with Africans. Like you either get tough or they basically just run over you. And like Africans when they play, they don't really 
take it easy because everyone plays very similar, like rough, tough, uh, body, all that hella contact. So you just gotta. So when I was playing with them, I was, I like, I didn't even know it, but I was getting stronger, I was getting mentally strong. Like I was just, I was just out there playing with them, and I don't know. I guess I would say that's probably the one thing that I would feel like really took me from here to like that, you know, that next level. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's awesome. And I love kind of, I think that transitions perfectly into your brand now too, that you got uh, with move potters. What was, yeah, yeah. what was really that inspired that, that brand for you? What's the story behind it? Uh, <laughs> this is funny. Cause like, and at, at, like at Blake, um, when I played at Blake, we had a great team and like, obviously we, we won a lot of games made states for like the first time in school history mm. so you would automatically think like every player from that from a team that good would like be hella scouted or have like some plans as far as like scholarship wise or going on to play just because the team was so good you expect people from that team to move on and do like like continue playing but that wasn't really the case only like a few of us really had any like options as far as like moving on from high school to college like directly playing on a scholarship and i definitely was not one of those people even though like i was one of the starters I, I think i was one of the key players but that wasn't the case for me like i mean i was not recruited at all if i was probably very little mm -hmm. uh i didn't get any scholarship offers no schools came to see me play no schools after my highlight tape no schools reached out to my coach to ask questions about I didn't get no recruiting letters. It was like crazy. And at the time I wasn't like, at the time I just loved playing. So like, I wasn't thinking far ahead. Like my mindset wasn't that built yet and matured yet to the fact where I was like, okay, I want to play soccer in college or basketball in college. So like after, after we graduated actually, it's when I actually started reaching out to schools, which is crazy. And I got, unfortunately for me, I got this one, this one school, it was, it was a first year program. And so they were basically looking for anybody that they can take to bring on board just to get their program kick started. And I just reached out to them and they offered me a full scholarship. It was a, it was a, it was a JUCO. And from there on, I just went on and on and on. And I transferred from there to my university that I graduated from and just been a hell of a road to be honest. So like, Move Plotters is like, that's when I really started it because I was so sick and tired of not being recognized, being notified. And I felt like I was like one of the hardest working people as far as soccer is concerned. And I didn't understand why I wasn't getting more noticed or like I wasn't having letters at my doorstep and stuff like that. It just got me mad because I basically had to work for everything. Like I wasn't, I was always like behind the scenes, you know, like there's always that one player where the unsung hero type thing. That was, that's been me for all, I can say for all my career right now, that's been me. So that's where Move Party came from. It's really just about working your way, working your ass off to just do whatever you can to get whatever you want to get, go where you want to go, whether it's athletics, academics, uh, professional job, anything like that. So yeah, that's how it started, yeah. I love that, man. I think. I had a very similar experience with my college recruiting. It was like that day came that when college coaches can finally reach out to you. And I was like, dude, I'm going to get so many phone calls and emails. I got like 
one or two. And they were not schools that I wanted to go to. I was like, what do you mean? Like, so I had to do kind of like what you did. I just put my, my tape out there, send out my times and information to all these coaches. I was like, hey, look, I want to swim at this next level. Like, will you take me? Like, I'm not even asking for scholarship money, man. Just like, take me on your team. And it all worked out um, eventually. So it's cool to see you had a very similar experience too. Yeah. Um, what's crazy? What's crazy is like I couldn't afford college, so I knew like I had to get, I had to get something like some type of assistance, mm-hmm. and like that's why the first thing I did was I hit up the the new program because I knew I was like one of the first players I ever signed to the school, and the coach is actually a pretty good coach, so he knew a lot about soccer, so he just signed me like after. The first day of talking to him, he was just like, I've seen enough, I heard enough, I just went out, I went on the program. And I just remember, like, when I first got that, that, that verbal agreement, like, anybody who knows me knows I don't cry at all. Like, <laughs> emotions with me, it's like a no-no. I don't have, I think I'm, like, probably the rock or something, or the hawk. I don't have no emotions. But I just busted out, like, I was crying my eyeballs out because I worked freaking hard as hell to get that. And, like, it's a stepping stone, so I was just happy. Yeah, I mean, definitely, especially when it means that much to you, and that, yeah, and so much more too than just. I mean, eventually you'll you won't play anymore, and like that education, you can't yeah. like that that carries you on further in life as yeah. well. That's a huge stepping stone. How have you handled kind of adversity, kind of throughout your soccer career? Obviously, there's ups and downs with everyone. Do you have any go-to strategies for you personally? Uh, Go to strategies as far as I wouldn't say like a. It's not more like a strategy. It's just like this is how I am. Period. Like even even without soccer, like this adversity period in my life is just like for me. I hate I hate planning. Like I don't. I wouldn't say I hate it, but I'm a type where I just like I like I just go with the flow. Whatever comes, like I just go with it. So like if I'm going with something and it doesn't work out, like for example, I had a. I had a trial, I had a con, I went to a pro combine after I graduated. And like, I got a couple of teams that were interested in me overseas. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I couldn't make that trip to Europe to go on those trials because um, I'm still waiting my my pending agreement with the immigration services to get like my, my traveling documents. So I couldn't go. And that's happened a lot, to be honest, in my career. And I don't know how I really handled it. I just like, I just brushed it aside. To be honest, I just, <laughs> I just like brushed it aside. I was like, oh well, I just, you know, I gotta find another way to, you know, to get to where I want to go. But I wouldn't say that's a strategy. I feel like if you start like strategizing and stuff like that, and it just brings you more problems than it really helps. You know, like I just feel like I don't know. Maybe sometimes it's good, but for me, it's just like whatever happens, happens, like, it's going to happen no matter what you do. So still, like, trying to dwell on it and think about, oh, how am I going to readjust and how am I going to move to here to here? It's just, like, just move on to the next one. It's like, go back work, go back to training, work on a few things and just see what you can get from that. But I don't really have any strategies as far as, like, overcoming adversity or things like that. I feel like you just don't realize it. Cause that you just explained the strategy that I teach to people now. Um, and that's like, I teach them, it's called a flush it technique. So whatever you're given a situation you can't control, 
you acknowledge it, you learn what you can from it, and then you right. flush it, man. Flush like, it, bro. <laughs> the next thing, like that's all you can do. Um, that's awesome, though. So you do have strategies, whether you realize it. Yeah, or. I didn't realize it till now. Yeah, it's called the flush, the flush, the flush method. Yeah, man, just keep using it. I want to switch gears here, though, and, and you know, obviously, talk about your experiences as a black athlete in a sport like soccer. Um, how is your mindset that you have kind of helped you handle that's all all this stuff that has been thrown your way? Because you face some different things than some other soccer players might. Oh yeah, for sure. When I came to the States, I didn't really know about much about racism. Of course, I was young, but I didn't really know much about racism at all. So um, slowly, I started noticing like different things towards like the way people that have my skin color were treated, not just in soccer, but just everyday life. Like my mom has been through a couple of things herself, and I just didn't understand it. But the older I got, and like I haven't been like personally, I haven't been racially abused or harassed by the police mm-hmm. as far as i know but as far as like away from the police it's been a whole different story like it's kind of like the reverse most people get it worse from the police but i've gotten it worse from what i love to do which is play soccer and i didn't understand it but for years for years for years especially being african also that made it even worse because not just because i was black but when they found out i was also african they took a different approach to how they want to come at me, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, in my post you saw on Facebook, I was talking about, it was a playoff game, and I guess he was trying to get in my head or something. And, like, um, I think it was a tackle. I made a tackle on him, and I won the ball. And then the whole game after that, he just kept coming at me with words and words. And then um, he played my position, too. So I always had to, you know, come in contact and battle him out in the midfield. And I just remember him. And just saying, um, oh, like, oh, where are you from, blah, blah, blah. Like, I wasn't responding. And he was just, he just kept coming at me. And the next thing he said was, oh, oh, I know where you're from, blah, blah, blah. No, I know, I know you're one of those monkeys that was on the ship when they were shipping them over here. I just looked at him, like, because I'm like, I'm more focused on the game. But I kept that in the back of my head. And after the game, like, we won the game and then we basically eliminated them out of the playoffs. And we won the game, and I basically, like, we're going to shake hands. And, like, I just saw him at the end of the bench, and I just, I, like, I tried to go after him because I'm naturally, I'm a fighter. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't like being, I don't like being belittled. I don't like being pushed around. Like, I'm not going to just stand back, which is it's probably not the best approach to take, but that's my approach because I've been, I've been through it so much. I'm not going to stand for it anymore. So, I basically tried to go after him, but his coach kind of held me back as one of the teammates that knew what, what happened, kind of held me back and just told me to calm down. And he basically just, he didn't shake my hand, and I basically saw his ass go home. He just eliminated him from the playoffs. But stuff like that happens all the time in soccer, especially like, I don't think people realize it as far as like the collegiate level or the local level, because the platform is so much smaller. Mm-hmm. But in the pro level, he's definitely on, on the spot because. The platform is bigger. The players are more bigger, more popular, more they have more outreach. But it's kind of crazy because soccer. I think soccer is the, is one of the worst sports that faces um, racial abuse. Yeah, I feel like unfortunately it's well documented, like on the global scene too. Like even like the World Cup stuff. There's obviously articles out there um, of people dealing with it, and 
Yeah, I can't imagine, honestly, because, I mean, I feel like trash talking is one thing, obviously. Right. Um, but I think once you start, there's, I would say that's definitely something that should be off limits, um, but unfortunately is not. Um, how have you learned to kind of, I don't know, handle it or be, I, w- I don't even want to say more okay with it, but just kind of, how, do you, how have you dealt with it as you kind of have gotten more exposure to it? Uh, believe it or not, experience plays a part in it because, like, like, for example, you know experience as a player is huge, but experience as far as – it's not even a good thing to say, but experience as far as being racially abused mm-hmm. is kind of a big thing with it because you can't really know how to handle it you go through it as many times as I have. Because to be honest with you, it's like when I first started going through it, I just didn't understand it, like, what's the point of you doing that just because I'm my skin color or is because I'm better than you is this because I'm bigger than you is this because I'm stronger than you or I'm dominating you as far as when we play or well I don't know you you don't know me we never met till this point but you're acting in a way that you're acting like I like you hate me for something I personally did to you which I never understood it so that just kind of made me so angry to the point where I used to like just want to fight all the time I actually got in a lot of fights on the field just because of that specific reason mm-hmm. being racially abused but the more i went through it and the older i got i just became like more self-conscious as far as like keeping my mind in the game playing the game uh just keeping my head focused and then after the game i can deal with it whether it's confronting the dude or you know going to talk to him one-on-one to kind of figure out what why he was why he's doing that but thing experience is a big role in it because if you've never been through it you might think oh i'm overreacting or whoever's being racially the abuse is overreacting but it hits everybody differently so some people might just brush it off or flush it but other people mm-hmm. might have a personal personal like tie to it whether it's their ancestors used to be slaves or their ancestor used to you know one of the people that did the civil rights movement back in the day or, you know, it hits, it hits people differently. And for me, it just hits me. Like, I just hate being, I just hate being, like, the target for something I didn't do or for anything that doesn't deserve to be, you know, said to me like that, especially when I don't even know you at mm. all. So experience is a big part, I think. Yeah, man, I think that definitely hits a lot of different buttons, too. Um, like you just said, everyone's going to kind of respond in a different way. You just don't know until you've been in that situation. Obviously, change isn't going to be easy. Um, and oftentimes it's uncomfortable. But uh, I think that's becoming more and more evident right now that that's what we need as a world, as a, as a nation especially, uh, as a sport and soccer. Um, how do you see this movement now that's going on like currently in our nation versus ones in the past? Does this just feel different to you, this go-around? This feels way different, and I'm kind of even prouder that it's happening now because mm-hmm. there's so much, like, there's so much evidence now as far as, like, how, like, social media is exploding. And back then, I feel like back then, it definitely was probably worse just because there wasn't more evidence of it. Mm-hmm. You just heard about it, and who knows, like, who, like, who knows? what else happened back then because there was no, nobody had the camera out just taking pictures and videos of it. But now I'm, I feel like I'm prouder of it because 
one, social media plays a huge role. Everything's recorded now. And, you know, every teenager you know or young kid you know has a phone or people are just more self-conscious to it now. And I feel like nowadays people have a different mindset as far as like personally want to see better from mm -hmm. other humans than back then. Back then it was just like whether it was peer pressure or what, you just felt like, oh, this white person is abusing this black person, so I need to do it too type thing, you know. But now it's like more people, more people, not just black people, but more other races are more involved as far as like trying to help and just trying to see people do better than what they actually are. And I feel like I'm prouder now also because I'm a fighter. So people are not just turning their cheeks and, you know, doing the nonviolent thing, which I have no, no problem with, but they're, not, they're doing it not violently, but they're doing it nonviolently. I don't know if that makes sense, you know, mm -hmm. but now I feel like it's, a little bit better just because of the, the generation that we're in. You didn't like you don't expect our generation to to be the self-conscious or be out there as far as like trying to change things in the world. But everybody's around the globe, to be honest, is taking a, 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 like a huge stand to it. Yeah. So, yeah, man. I think it it is cool to see um, just the outpouring and mass um, support of the need for change because I think a lot of the problems in the past, it's like, there's no way around it. Like these kind of police incidents have come up for a while now. And unfortunately I feel like it's like two, three days or maybe two weeks of like, man, that's wrong. And then we yeah. forget it's just right, right, right. Under the rug, move on. I'm hoping that this one is different there's just obviously there's no quick fix for the deep rooted problems that we have here, but they're being brought into light. And I think it's going to take just work and small steps every day. What are some steps that you're personally taking and what are some steps that those listening in can kind of take to kind of get to where we want to be? Uh, I mean, personally for me, I'm like, um, For me, I've always put a light on like racial abuse and stuff like this that's going on. Uh, whether it's people being killed by the police or just being harassed by the police or the government system. Uh, like anybody who knows me and follows my social media knows I always put it on the light. I think that's one of the biggest things that I speak on. Um, but now, personally, this, what I'm doing right now, I'm working on a project with a couple of my um, good friends of mine and just working on a project trying to you know make our voices be heard um i'm almost done with it actually i'm just um, editing a couple of a couple of clips and stuff like that but you know like my post i did on facebook i said you know no no stand or no work that you do is too small whether it's there's something a petition or mm -hmm. donating three dollars like some of the petitions uh websites ask you to do um, you never know that three dollars might be the reason why we get to like the number that we need to get to, whether it's coming up with money for sent up a funeral for George Floyd or any of the victims that were hurt or just on the petition, you know, I've signed I don't know how many petitions I've signed from different websites, but no changes too small. But for me it's just like gathering people around and trying to listen to their voices and taking their voices and making it into one big voice, even though we're all speaking about the same thing. It's just like, 
the more voices you have, the better. Because I can I can put a light on it all I want, but I'm just one person, and my reach isn't that. You know, I'm not that. My reach is not that stretched out yet. But other mm-hmm. people around me know other people that I don't know. So if I get them into the project that I'm doing, I might be able to reach some of the people that they know that I don't know. And who knows? Maybe one of the people that they know is like somebody big that can actually make things happen. You know. So for me personally, the steps I'm trying to do is this project that I'm doing. Um, also, obviously, you know, sharing a bunch of, you know, just sharing whatever, not staying silent, whether mm-hmm. it's every day or every a couple of times, a few times a day, just sharing whatever you can share, anything that's useful, any information that's useful, you know, but I think I'm very, so I'm so happy about this project because it looks good. I can't wait to put it out, but I'm almost done with it. So by tomorrow, it'll probably be out, but. You gotta, you gotta show me it. Uh, send it my yeah, way. Yeah. You're all done, man. I'm excited to check cool. it out. Yeah, it's, I think it can relate to like your success in in soccer, right? Like each practice, each drill you do, like me means something towards your overall body of work. When you're going through it at the time, maybe you don't see that value in it, but each little thing kind of builds this huge foundation. It makes you better right now. I think everyone can do one little thing each day, whether it's reaching out to someone and having an uncomfortable conversation of, look, these are our differences. Let's talk through them and being open to having that conversation. That's unfortunately, I think a, a lot of the problem is people aren't open to that dialogue yeah. just yet. They're yeah. so one way or the other. And that's kind of tough to see, but just slowly one conversation at a time, one action at a time one person at a time, I think some big change can come uh, in the long run from there. What, um, what are some things that you're doing as far as trying to reach out or trying to create some stuff to change? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm honestly having conversations like this and just trying to, for me personally, educate myself and just become more like familiar with, I guess the, not, I don't want to say the other side, but you know, from other people's perspectives, and kind of just expand my own view set in my own mind. I think for me personally, growing up and I had this conversation with some friends, I was like growing up in Montgomery County, it's a very diverse County. And like, yeah, like I saw, I saw racism in our, in our County, in our high school in middle school and stuff, but I didn't really see the extent of it because I don't know, we are so diverse and like I, you would think, you would think because we're diverse, everything is basically okay, or yeah. you wouldn't notice. Yeah, I feel it. Yeah, but I, I didn't really understand it really until I went away to college and going to Delaware. Man, it was like there's no, there's no people of color there really. Like yeah, it was kind of some people on sports teams, and that was about it. Um, and that was really what kind of opened my eyes to it. I was like, oh wow, like hearing just some of the people around me, the way they, they talked about other people. It was like, yo, you can say that. And like, you're like, you're okay saying that. And um, so just having those conversations, expanding my mind and then, you know, having those conversations with those people that I met in university and be like, yo, like, why did you feel this way? Let's talk about it. Like, let's see kind of what changes we can make. Cause I think it's going to have to be a united front here um, to make some serious headway and some serious change.
Paul, I definitely want to just acknowledge you for knowing you for a number of years here, kind of following your hard work and everything you've done, man. Your work ethic speaks for itself, but even more so your openness for conversations, obviously, like this one. Where can those out there kind of keep up with you and follow both your soccer career and your personal growth, whether this project or whatever else you're doing? Um. To be honest, in the past, I was big on social media. I was like all over social media. I'm that type of one where in the past, I used to like try to boast and talk a lot about what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. But as I've grown older and I went to college, after like, I would say my junior year, I kind of started taking it, started dialing back. Mm -hmm. I started dialing back a lot from social media. And now like recently with everything that's going on i've been back on social media like that and i've I've talked a lot on social media now obviously in support and just trying to put a lot more light into what's going on but like to reach me it's like i have i have twitter i have instagram i have facebook i have snapchat i don't really do much on snapchat but instagram for sure i like i speak more on twitter than i do on instagram because instagram on twitter you can just reach more people that way and you can really just talk it's more typing and posting pictures and so like i share a lot of my opinions on twitter it might not be i get a lot of bad feedback as far as like people who probably don't agree with me but a lot of my opinions and views i share more on twitter than instagram but either way you can reach me on anything like that i'm, I'm open to talk to whatever awesome man i appreciate also, it obviously my um the move Fighters page um, on Instagram too. I'm kind of working on that and trying to bring the brand up some more and just get it out there more. That's fantastic stuff, dude. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with Paul. It's obvious that there's a lot of hate still out there in this world. And unfortunately, Paul's experience as a black soccer player is a common one. This won't change unless we take action ourselves to get out of our comfort zones and have genuine conversations with our peers. Just like any other improvement, Small steps done repeatedly will lead to big change. If you haven't done so already, send this episode to a friend, family member, or teammate who might be able to use a boost. Stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by following me on Instagram at Athletic Mindset Podcast. And remember, if you can change your mindset and how you think, you'll be able to change your life one thought at a time. I'll see you all next week.